Black Rana. So, man, how do I? <laughs> uh, I was trying to change the background, like some beach thing. Um, what's up, man? Dude, another day in paradise here in Florida. Just it's a... <laughs> living the dream. I almost put Bailey's in my coffee today. Then I was like, you know what? Let me not do that. Do you drink? Um, uh, have you been drinking Bailey's a lot? Uh, yeah, there was a time I gained like 15 pounds <laughs> over pandemic. I was drink, I was drinking it like every day. Like I was just eating everything and then I lost the weight. And then I was like, you know what? Drop my cholesterol, which I told you about. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No, is, uh... yeah, you got me into Bailey's. Uh, I mean, this was like a long time ago, maybe like 10, 12 years ago. I remember you were drinking Bailey's for some reason. Uh, I think just because only just because it was sweet and because it had chocolate or whatever. And then I started doing that, dude. Oh, it's not, I hate alcohol, though. But um, good, man. You know who doesn't drink um, alcohol? Trump. No alcohol. <laughs> uh, not at all? No, he doesn't. I swear to God. I mean, a lot of comedians actually don't drink. Uh, yeah. I know Russell Peters doesn't drink at all um i know david tells Dalia doesn't him. right hmm? yeah delia apparently delia doesn't yeah, right chris delia another comedian yeah i mean yeah i don't see the appeal of drinking man um it's just uh it's a social lubricant and i think at some age man like uh you know like i'm not against like you know having like a glass of wine or something but uh um i used to only do it just because it would like help me talk to people but you know, at some age, dude. Did I have this conversation with you? There was a, I mean, I talked about this with, was it Kayvon? I don't know. No, actually, no, I didn't talk about it. Somebody talked, I talked to somebody else, another comedian about this. So, partying with comedians is like a huge networking thing in Los Angeles, like smoking pot after shows, right. uh, doing coke after shows, drinking. Like it's a way of networking, especially like the comedy store, which is known for its, uh, I guess, debauchery after hours. So if you get them with the right circles, those guys can pull you into yeah. their TV shows. It's meanwhile, the boring comedians who don't drink go home at like 12 o'clock after the show ends, you know, and we're making podcasts on our phone <laughs> in uh, Florida. I I mean, yeah, dude, like, uh, that's the only time I used to do it. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you're drinking and stuff too, right? Social. I, I get it, dude. It's a social thing. Um, but fucking, um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I just think that at some point everyone becomes an adult. So whether you're doing it or not doing it, um, I also don't like people who force people to do it. Like, ah, dude, like every person that's drinking, like their fucking mantra is always like, oh, dude, you're not drinking. Hey, yeah. What do you have? No, dude, get this guy a fucking shot. Yeah, you're going gonna to drink with us. Like, I don't understand the fucking like being a bully about it. Like <laughs> uh, if people are doing that, like after hours, then yeah, they need to stop it. <laughs> I'm just laughing because like you're swearing. In your... I never noticed it, but then somebody put in the comments, man, this guy said the F-bomb yeah. <laughs> like a hundred times. And I don't think about yeah. it at all when you talk. I've talked to you so many times, but then now I'm thinking about it. But you was like dropping. Yeah, it. dude. When you did stand up, I know I don't really stand up for a while. Did you yeah. actually swear when you did stand up? I forget. 
Yeah, dude, I I just talk like how I talk now. Um, I've always had a big problem with that too. Actually, um, I remember even in grade school, probably like uh, junior high and shit. Like I used to get in trouble because uh, just even on the fucking playground, dude. Like I used to play. We just used to say shit like, "Oh, fuck you!" No, no, you know, uh, it's my ball or it's my turn. And dude, the teachers would always be like, "Watch your language," and they would send me to the fucking principal's office. Like, I I don't get it, dude. Like, like if. Uh, if you're successful, like Jeff Bezos or somebody like that, like, can he cuss? Like, is that the fucking cutoff, dude? Like, your people assume that if you cuss, that you, uh, that for some reason you can't be successful, that you're a degenerate. I don't know how that fucking, uh, um, how those two fucking, um, you know, came hand in hand. I don't know, man. Did you see the Tony Robbins documentary that came out um, a few years ago? Yeah. yeah, yeah, a while back. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware that this guy swears a lot in his meetings and just the way he um, addresses people who visit. Like you think, I always thought Tony Robbins was this clean cut self-help guy, but the guy tries to be real when he does these one-on-one, especially in front of huge groups and theaters and stuff. Like he swears like no tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, I mean, dude, he seems like a, like he's like six four dude like fucking <laughs> 250 whatever he is dude like so he seems like a man's man so i can't imagine he wouldn't be swearing um i like, i don't know about you like so you like you know when i hang out with you like obviously you cuss but i'm you know not as much as me but like uh when you get on stage are you um you know consciously like you know sidestepping that kind of shit or you're just saying whatever and it's funny you, you mentioned that. So I used to a lot because I used to just, I almost used to use it as like, when you say like, um, or just in between words when I'm thinking of the next word. And then I listened to like a set once and I was, I was like, there's no need for me to be swearing, especially, didn't even, I wasn't even using like a joke context or nothing. So then I conscientiously tried to not swear on stage unless, even now I try not to, only because then sometimes you look like a clean, you know, a gig where they pay you a lot of money and they're like, hey, no swearing. And then and then if you get used to swearing, then you've got to be editing yourself in yeah. your so I was like, I just don't want to get in the habit of swearing. I'm not against yeah. swearing. I'm just I don't want to do it on stage. Yeah, no, dude, each person's personality is different, right? Like uh yeah. if you if you had um obviously Jay Leno doesn't like cuss and shit. So if you told him, hey, go on stage and you know, cuss and do that stuff. It would look weird because that's not his thing. Uh, for me, it's like the opposite. Like if, if I don't cuss or I don't know, uh, to me, I feel weird. Um, and yeah, so fucking. Do you think Jay Leno cussed yeah. when he was being burned alive and that car exploded? <laughs> what? <dude? laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you think he was like, oh, sucks. It's, it's, yeah, dude, like. It's just a natural part of human conversation, I think. So, like, I don't get, like, why it's fucking, um, yeah, why it's even, like, so, uh, uh, to tell you a story, dude, uh, so, um, uh, to address this problem, you know, like, when I met you, uh, like, 2005, dude, so, like, um, around then, like, I, I was cussing a lot and stuff and, like, you know, just getting into acting. So, uh, so my teachers would actually point out on stage all the time, like, hey, uh, you know, you need to probably stop with the swearing. So it was so repetitive that I was like, okay, let me address this problem. I thought it was a problem. So I went to uh, 
uh, Toastmasters, uh, you know, where they count, dude, like they count your ums and ahs at the end of a, like a, like a three minute speech. Oh, and really? they tell you, you had, fi- yeah, dude, that's the whole point. Like they try to get rid of it. So in the beginning of every class, uh, class, uh, uh, I should say session, um, everybody has to do an impromptu kind of, a, a speech. Um, but it's just a simple question like, Hey, what did you do this weekend? And you have to stand up and just say, so this weekend I did this and you have to talk for, uh, for two minutes, uh, somebody's timing it and then someone's counting your ums and ahs. And at the end of it, so I did this for a couple of weeks and I'm getting up and going, yeah, last weekend I went to the thing and I had a hamburger and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, this is not me, like, right, like to try to stop the ums and the ahs. So I just started uh, talking like me and I would get up and just say, yeah, dude, so I had a fucking uh, burger. I-, I like burger. And um, so at the end of it, they'd be like, you had like uh, 15 ums and ahs. And I started thinking about it and then you know, we're going around the table and then some people had zero ums and ahs and all this stuff. And I was thinking, um, dude, the, like uh, all these stories suck. Like, I don't care if you had zero ums and ahs, what you're saying, the content is terrible. Like, it's not interesting. Uh, I'm not engaged. It's not doing anything to me. It's not moving me. So you're standing up there telling me, yes, last weekend I went to a hamburger place. Cool, dude, you're really polished and you haven't said any ums or ahs, but you haven't done anything either. Like, so I'd rather some who's cussing and saying fuck this fuck that but who's engaging so right. I, I i never look at oh this guy's cussing too much or this guy's not i'm just like is this guy interesting or entertaining me so yeah and then i stopped toastmasters um there's a comedian named i said um there's a comedian named brian regan i've <laughs> <laughs> been funny yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you counted my arms yeah. you're like there you said um 25 times <laughs> There's a comedian named Brian Regan who's known for being clean, but they always ask him, oh, how do you be so clean? And he's like, I swear. And he starts swearing like on podcasts. He's like, I just don't do it on my act. He's like, I swear all the time. I think it drives him crazy. Like people keep asking him. Yeah, look at Bob Saget, right? Like in a weird way, it's like the opposite, right? He was the fucking like this clean guy on Full House. And then <laughs> and then he's like yeah. cussing on his thing. So yeah, it's just uh, whatever the thing is, uh, I'm just past all that stuff where people try to give advice and, you know, like, hmm, in order to be a good negotiator, you got to like have a lot of pauses and don't say ums and ahs and stay quiet and only speak once per meeting. Like, I don't do none of these things matter anymore. Like, nobody cares. There's no rules. Just talk to me, dude. You know, say something to me. If I like what you're saying, cool. If not, I don't care if you said no ums or ahs and fucks. It's just dumb, dude. Like, uh, you know, people think it's like something, you know, they're shitting on you like, oh, look at you, man. Well, at least I don't cuss. OK, cool, dude. Like you're practically homeless. You don't cuss. So what's. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told you this email. I got advice from this guy named Warren Hutcherson, who's this comedian. He like created the Bernie Mac show. And I met him yeah. when I was like, 22 or something. And I posted it in my place in L.A. And on it says his advice to me was don't listen to what anybody says to you. Not even me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I never, I didn't really understand it. Now I understand it. Meaning nobody knows anything. Everyone thinks, especially in the arts, there's no way to predict. There's no right path. So even these teachers, yeah. unfortunately, they have power over people who are successful. They think we have this conversation off camera that they think they, yeah. can, they know the way because they made money. They don't really know the way. Unless they yeah, dude. That's that's another thing completely. 
anybody that has a thing like uh you know some sort of success in something right they become this guru and you know they start selling all the products and this and that and um like which is fine okay fine you had some success in in this field and so you're selling the you know the secrets to it but uh but the thing i don't like about that stuff is like they make it seem like that's the only path right like so i made it as a, a thing uh you know as, as a writer and so this is what i did i submitted to contests and i you know got a fucking life coach and blah 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 so now they say hey this is the way to make it you gotta submit to contests and get a life coach. i don't know man maybe it is maybe it worked for you um you know uh People are basically hypocrites. They tell you to follow your dreams and do whatever you want and trust yourself and do all this. And, you know, they're, they're doing all that. And then when it comes time to it, they want to tell you, this is what you're doing wrong, buddy. This is what you're doing wrong. And this yeah. and this and this. Well, I thought it was like, you're supposed to trust yourself. I, I'm not sure which one it is. It's like stupid. Well, I think that's I mean, why, well, I think yeah. that's why money is a big equalizer in the sense of not equalizer in the sense of nobody can really tell you what you did wrong. I feel like that's with Indians in general. Like once you start making money, you can really be like, well, look, I did it my way. But when that struggle in, in the arts, because there's no money when you start off. So everyone's got their two cents, especially creativity. Yeah. Prince has their two cents. It, I mean, yeah, no, no, you nailed it. It's uh, it's pretty much like people will continue to say that you, um, they'll basically subtly say that you don't know what you're doing until you've started making money with some creative art. Right. Like, yeah. uh, which is, which is odd because like the moment before you start making it, like, uh, from what I've seen, you know, like all my friends and, you know, just people and just uh, all these podcasts and interviews that I read is people were just doing the exact same thing they were doing before they made it versus after. Uh, but something happened in the middle of that, right. Some sort of, uh, um, amplification platform whatever they met somebody they were uh, you brought onto some project they you know something went viral or whatever so something happened in that middle but it's not some grand change where they were doing this thing and then somebody came along and said here's what you need to do you need to do this and then all of a sudden they did it and then now they're successful now they're doing the same thing like but that thing in the middle i think we talked about that last time is just like so that's why yeah trying to predict it is um you know you and i like I'll say it for me. I've been trying to predict it for like 15, 20 years and I've never been able to predict it. The only thing I've gotten to the bottom of is the only chance you have is to do a hundred percent. What's true to you. Uh, do you think with that said, do you think, cause I worry about this, that we're going to get too old to be in. Cause I think that right now, sometimes like when I write and stuff, I'm like, am I too old to even, make any mark at all i know i keep hearing this hackneyed quote you're never too old yeah yeah, yeah. does think i'm too old <laughs> right okay. so why do you okay no that's a good question um but there's something in you that that makes you well i want to say makes you but uh you keep doing it why like delusion? So why do you keep do <laughs> I don't know. delusion well, well delusion is i think essentially we can say delusion is um like a, a more hyper form of hope Right. Like it's like, a, you know, kind of maybe a, a more diluted form of hope. So you have hope. Um, um, I've talked to you about this before, but like, uh, I think you still have hope. So like, obviously, you, you know, you do it right. Like, otherwise, you wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't think. Yes. Maybe for self, you know. Well, I haven't talked to you since uh, a couple of days ago last week, but I flew back yesterday from New Hampshire and I remember flying 
back to LA from New Hampshire. And I remember thinking, whenever I'd get to LA, I think that the lure of Los Angeles is that there is always a chance of you making it, making it, or having your gambling, right? There's always that one audition, that one job that can just change your life. We've all read about it. So that always kept me going in Los Angeles, thinking there's always that one day that everything's going to change upside down. Because you see it, we, we both have friends who just, their lives have changed, like, yeah, drastically. But when I flew to Florida, I was like, wow, there's no hope here. Like, <laughs> like I, I literally flew in and I was like, there is nothing here that's going to change my life unless I spark. I was, I was writing all day today because I was like, this is my only thing I have going is my Hollywood writing stuff. I was like, this is the only thing logistically, even my comedy stuff out here is just like me, like an ego self-masturbatory thing. Oh, I got laughs. But I don't expect but, to be spotted unless in Florida. But why is it any different than if you were out here? So I guess you're saying there's just more, um, there's a potential for more opportunity, obviously, because there's stuff happening here in that in that sphere, as opposed to like, yeah, yeah florida yeah you just meet you meet someone book something i don't know again this is all just dreams and just stupid talk but i think that's the lure of los angeles is that you're but then i also think are we too old there was a point in los angeles i was i was in at the comedy store and they had me re-audition after hanging out there for like you know 10 years they were like oh we need some new blood they said that to me and they had me re-audition uh at night and i Fortunately, went well, but I was thinking this is ridiculous. I think it's like working at a law firm for like ten years. Like, hey, can you take the can you take the bar again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ridiculous how showbiz you can just be swept out the door if you don't have anything going. Because you know, I get it. There's like new people coming in all the time. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess that's why like uh, just writing in general, I think, is more um, uh, is uh, more eternal. Right. Like, uh, sure, you can still be an actor and kind of fucking break through it. You know, they keep using that Morgan Freeman example. Oh, he was fucking 65 when he broke. It's like, dude, I don't believe any of that shit because it's like when you look at his credits, it's like guy had like tons of fucking credits before then. It's like, dude, he was on Sesame Street or some weird shit. It's like, but then people say, yeah, but he wasn't famous. Okay. Um, But everybody was not famous before they were famous. So I don't understand what these things mean. Like, well, okay, so his fame started later, like Christoph Waltz in the 50s and 60s. Sure, man, but like, um, uh, yeah, you know that fucking quote, that, uh, that video that you, uh, uh, you know, who's that writer for fucking Wind River um, and Sicario, right? That dude, uh, the 40-year-old writer that was like uh, oh, around 40 years old. Yeah, 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 and he realized, he's like, ah, oh, dude, um, He's like, at around that age, he realized that, um, you know, at some point, like people break through. And to him, he he thought like having pursued it for 20 years and not having broken through, like he had gone past that that mark. Right. Like he had some mark where he was like around 10 years when people kind of break through, even with the struggle, 15, maybe he's like 20 years. He had never heard of anyone. Uh, slugging it out for 20 years and, and making it through um so he changed course fucking um i, I don't know you know that obviously worked know. out for him yeah yeah there's no obviously answer man but um 
you know, it's the same shit we talked about fucking last time, too. But like, <laughs> yeah, right, let's talk about something different. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. But yeah, I was going to say, uh, so that Madonna thing, right? Like her fucking meltdown. Like, so, 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 so talk about. Uh, so think about that as like, dude, these people hit like the pinnacle of their, of, of existence, right? She was like, you know, one of the greatest, uh, you know, uh, entertainers to ever live, right? Fucking, you know, like Prince and Madonna, right? These people are like Michael Jackson. And like, look what happens after a while, right? Like even them, they're replaced with somebody younger and they, you know. Well, just to give some context um, for anybody watching, like I forwarded to you some pictures and I'm sure you might've seen them before. Like she's been getting hazed by like 50 cent all these people because she puts out these instagram photos of her like just trying to hold on to her youth and she looks she does not look good like <laughs> surgery it's like this is madonna like yeah i don't know if people realize how big she was when we were growing yeah. up and to see her just not downfall but yeah. to see kind of a, a meltdown like a social media meltdown it's crazy for me. I'm like, well, is this what happens when you have success and then you're kind of your day of this under the sun's over? Yeah, you're trying to get it back. Uh, from what I see, like these people are trying to get something of it back, you know, like uh, um, they're trying to get some of that. Uh, it's attention, right? Like um, well, your fame is basically just attention. And at some point when you lose that attention, um, you know, uh, it's a. Uh, it's kind of depressing and sad, man. I mean, even if I'm walking around, right? Like, um, if I'm walking around and like, um, like when you're in college, you know, like girls are fucking looking at you all the time, right? Because you're in a fucking place where like uh, people are looking to kind of mingle and kind of uh, meet people. So, so you know, like, uh, um, so when you were at NYU, when I was at UCLA, like when you're walking around, like uh, people look at you, you get, uh, uh, you know, you get attention, right? You walk into certain rooms and people are like fucking um because that's the vibe at that time but like uh years later like we don't have that anymore and when we're walking around nobody really notices anybody so like just even that kind of shift is like kind of depressing sometimes where you're like man um you know when i used to walk into like like you know like when i walk into the dmv people aren't you know people aren't gonna look over now like (laughs) you're still good looking i mean (laughs) <laughs> thanks man I yeah probably don't give the attention i do know you're talking well one i feel grateful but yeah that i even could experience that i know what you're talking about like there was a time where i'd get approached by girls or in my 20s and now i feel like i'm an invisible especially to a certain demographic of yeah girls and ages which is fine but look dude you so so we grew up in that time as well like where social media wasn't around so like um as much as like uh i know i tell you all the time like i um i want some of this fame that everyone's getting off of fucking social media and all these uh things um uh i'm not like hardcore about it where like you know i'm gonna start making tiktoks and doing you know, stupid shit and the you know like uh just to get any sort of attention but it's because we did live in a time where um it wasn't mandatory to blast your face all over the world and like so so we still have that perspective, even if, you know, no one's looking at me when I walk into a room, I'm not going to crumble like, uh, sure. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, but, um, that's the problem with these people, dude, like, um, uh, you know, Madonna and whatever, to a certain extent, like, uh, especially the younger people, when someone doesn't pay attention to them or whatever, they crumble. And then they got this, you know, crisis and they're like a mental health thing, which we were talking about last time. Like it's, 
it's uh um thank god i don't have to deal with that like i obviously you don't either yeah i mean yeah that's part of the reason i mean i've talked about my hair enough on my youtube channel but that's, <laughs> that's why i stopped taking propecia too i was like well let me see yeah. if i can live with my thinning hair and honestly i thought i could but it, now it's like man i should never stop taking propecia i'm like god damn it i i almost hate it i'm like i'm gonna shave my head probably today because i was like you know what i can't stand it but at the same time I do like not, but it's also because I live in Florida. Like you're actually around. If I yeah. if I lived in LA, I think it'd be a lot worse. But nobody cares. Like there's like palm trees outside and you know mailboxes. But you're in the center of attractive people. Yeah. So I think your I think your surroundings have a lot to do with, hey, dude. Especially in like these like white trash cities like Florida and New Hampshire. I was just there. Like nobody gives a shit to how you how you look. Yeah, man. Um, you know, as much as people like to think that that's where we are in society too, like it's not. Um, I think like um, as much as like you know, we've gotten to the point where people are like, "Oh, dude, we're accepting of all people and this and that." Like, uh, it's almost. Uh, I think it's like actually worse, dude. Like, uh, because because um, most people's lives, you have to be a part of social media or whatever to a certain extent. And, uh, so you're always showing yourself, right? Like it becomes like, um, um, image is always there, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Like your image is like tied into who you and what you're doing. Whereas before, like, it didn't matter, dude, you could be an accountant and no one cared. Now it's like, Hey, dude, this accountant. Yeah, dude, I use this account. He's got, eh, you know, uh, um, a hundred thousand, 50 followers on fucking TikTok accountants. Like, yeah. and, and then you look at them and they're hot. It's like some hot girl. Like, it's just sure. like, uh, well, dude, know, that comes even... down to just, I mean, it's sex, sex sells always. That'll yeah. never change. Never. Yeah. Would you use uh, um, sex? Like if you were a girl and you're yes. like, dude, I'm, I'm I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I would totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the biggest slut are... on, on Instagram and TikTok. And... Why? I don't know. I hate my parents. I don't know. Just no, I would do it just through. Um, I would do it just to get followers. And then I would shift my brain to something different. Yeah. I know a girl, I don't want to mention her name and she did that. And then she, her brand shifted to like selling real estate or something, you know? And it was like, Oh, okay. I do. I used to represent a girl actually. Uh, I represented this girl named Courtney Taylor, who was huge on Instagram. Oh Yeah. And she was had like two million, and her, all her pictures were her like half naked. Then I try to sell her to like brands and be like, mm, "This is too racy for us." So then she just started swapping out her pictures. Like she already had the following, but she just started like posting more decent photos and more conservative. Her so, yeah. brand deal, but she she got the following from her. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Showing some, yeah, yeah, showing some tits and ass. But I mean, dude, like, uh, I'm. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Like, uh, I mean, there's OnlyFans stuff, all this stuff. Uh, I'm just jealous of it because, like, uh, I'm not exploiting it. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's not my personality. But, like, if it was where I could use that to my advantage, I would. What do you think about um, all these comic book movies that are coming out? Like, you know that you know that Wakanda movie did, like, really well? It's yeah. Crushing. Like, I heard this great quote where somebody said that... Um, 
they met, the, I think it was Tarantino. I read, I saw this interview with him and he met this kid who was 16 and he said that Iron Man came out when he was four. So the only thing he knows of movies mm. are these comic book movies. He doesn't think about the Godfather. So basically there's a whole new generation of people and all they know is these special effects movies. Like as an actor, how do you feel about it? Or do you even care? Um, I personally, like, as an actor, I guess I don't care. Like, um, if somebody, you know, came and said, hey, you're going to do this superhero movie, uh, uh, I would do it. Uh, I would never watch it, though. Um, I don't watch any superhero. Like, the only, and I don't even know if you would consider these superhero movies just because things have changed uh, so much. But, like, I remember watching the Spider-Mans with, like, Tobey Maguire, right? And then, um, I would used to watch all the Batmans with like fuck you know when, especially Christopher Nolan that trilogy and pretty much after that one uh, I stopped yeah I've I haven't watched any sort of fucking Marvel or DC stuff because uh, it's just not in, it's just not interesting to me it's not entertaining to me I'd rather just watch like uh, real human kind of simple human stories about real people and things that could really happen like obviously there's never going to be an asteroid or a dude flying around so like it just doesn't appeal to me um so personally i don't watch it um but is it taking away from good movies i would probably think so dude because that's all people want to see and that's what people watch so um i'm sure there's tons of movies not getting made because of it i don't know have you auditioned for any of those movies um yeah dude way back in the day fucking maybe 10 12 years ago for one of those x-men i remember um i auditioned for something it, uh it went to fucking dude I, yeah i remember going in auditioning and stuff and then seeing it uh it was uh whatever role kevin bacon had and then when i saw it later it was like oh was, really uh, you went up for the lead it was of kevin bacon that was like a main dude, role yeah this was like uh one of the x-men probably 12 years ago or something 13 years ago but it was um um they kind of kept the role neutral like uh, um so i think it was X-Men so sometimes when class. You're, yeah yeah so I, i'm pretty sure it was that one um so they kept the role you know they just had some kind of dummy name right uh, as as we know like sometimes when you're auditioning for a big project yeah. they kind of give you dummy sides and dummy uh sides are like the pages that you're auditioning and um so dummy stuff so you don't re- you know you reveal it and so i didn't know what it was but i knew it was x-men or whatever and i'm auditioning and it's a decent amount three four pages scene and then when I see who got it, because I looked at the dialogue, watching it, it was fu- it was Kevin Bacon, dude. Like, hey, what if like, they had you no were, like your photo? They were like, should we get Kevin Bacon? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like you're dude. down to two people. Yeah. So like, uh, dude, it's it's frustrating. You know, that's a whole another topic. Frustrating, like auditioning for things that you know is already going to be cast by a lead. But um, anyway, fine. So I did it. Uh, I have no problem against it. It's it's just like these things aren't in- entertaining to me. Like, uh, you watch them. Like, like, like you like them. Like you like these uh, movies? If it's a good story, regardless, I'll watch it. If they're like the emotional stakes and if it's well made, but there's some shit movies that are like, what a waste of time. But that goes for both comic book and non-comic book movies. Like there's gotta be something behind it, but the, it's so hard to make a movie and so many stupid hands. I want to also ask you this. Uh, did you see Kumail Nanjiani, how he was in, he got Jack, he was in a, kind of, what do you think, what's your take on him? The superhero? I mean, dude, like, I mean, do you um, like him as an actor? He's fine. Like, he's not some, like, amazing fucking... Uh, yeah. um, I think Riz Ahmed is a fucking, like, you know, like a 10 times better actor. Like, if we're just talking kind of uh, acting chops. But um, but I like that Kumail is fucking... Um, it's a bittersweet thing. Um, you know, because, like, whenever I see, like, a brown guy on TV, I'm always, ah, it should be me. But 
but I am glad to see that representation because that opens up more stuff for us. So uh, I'm glad kind of it's it's him and not some like, uh, you know, because it could have been anybody, right? Like it could be like a fucking um, some other fucking uh, um, I was going to say some other race, uh, which is um, I do feel like there's some competition like like between, you know, trying to get like uh, your race, to, uh, you know, more visible than everybody else. Um, so I like it when I see Indians um, kind of in big things, you know. Uh, I got to say, like when I saw that photo, it was kind of jarring for me. Like even I'm like racist apparently, because in Bollywood it's normal to be like Jack. But when I saw that photo, I was like, "Oh, here's an, a Jack in because I've never seen that in Hollywood movies. I almost yeah even my myself. I never expect like I'm I'm six one and I've never been like I got to get Jack to play this role because I don't even maybe that's my limited thinking. I don't even think about it in Hollywood. I just imagine Indians as at least we're these smart scientist doctor types. So to see a superhero, that's like new ground. But I guess isn't Miss Marvel like? Isn't she like a yeah, ninja? yeah, right? Because that's the character, about? right? Right, like whatever character he's playing, uh, is it some um, you know some Muslim dude or what? I don't know. Whatever it's supposed to be, right? Like I, I, see, I don't know anything about the fucking. He's that, Captain you know, Allah. His name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah 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 so uh, i'm gonna get killed by yeah yeah um i'm assuming they didn't change some role right it was you know for him and say hey let's fucking let's just make this role indian but um um i do have a problem with that like um i have a problem with them making roles like like dude like um if you want representation and all this stuff fine uh um there's like thousands and thousands of writers in fucking you know hollywood why don't you get somebody um and write like a new story uh for that culture whatever it is right like if you want it to be uh you know some muslim fucking sitcom like you know write a fucking you know write a muslim sitcom you know get somebody to write a muslim sitcom or buy a muslim sitcom that's already circulating but like you know what i don't want to see i don't want to see three's company rebooted with muslim people like it's just like why right like it, who's rebooting it, it's already company with muslim no no but no no but, um uh, the, the, the nobody do but like that's what it feels like to me. They they reboot things that have already been done and just uh, stick right. some other like you know culture in there and say, hey, this is fucking Back to the Future, but uh, everybody's black. Like, right? Okay, cool, dude. Like, that's cool. Like, but why not just write a new time travel story that involves fucking you know black people? Like, like I'd watch that. I don't know why because. Like, Coming up with new ideas that are good is hard for Hollywood to understand. Hollywood is the most unoriginal place on earth. Like, Dude, everybody says that, but is it really like yes, nobody can come up I with think one? So. Nobody can come up with one time no, travel no, idea. I'm not saying I'm not. Like, let me rephrase that. Yeah, not coming up with ideas for executives to put their careers yeah. on the line. They'd rather have like, hey, you know, this is a best-selling book. This was a best-selling this was a big movie in 1982 you know like that's safer than saying here's a young indian writer who's 21 with his brilliant new idea what has he done nothing all right yeah. i'm not rolling the dice on that that's just hollywood yeah no dude it's a good point man i mean uh but like uh yeah it's good to see fucking um uh kumail and these kind of people out there man so you know no, like, definitely i'm not i'm not trashing him yeah 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 I, I know you're not yeah anybody um, who's pushing the ball forward is doing something yeah dude we're in such a different time man um 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 
Yeah, it is weird to see him like all jacked and shit, though, dude. Like, uh, I don't see people <laughs> like, uh, uh, but these Bollywood fucking people when they get jacked, like, I don't think they look. You know, to me, like these guys, uh, like these Bollywood people, like I don't know any of these names. Uh, some guy named Khan, right? It's always some guy named Khan. But like these guys look like potatoes to me, dude. They look, they're big, um, and they got lumps, muscles, but they're like it's like disproportional. You know, you know, just no, they're not. They're not like cut, cut. It's like they're yeah. eating Indian food or something. I know what you're saying. They're yeah, like it's early almost. Yeah, it's gross. It's weird, you know. But like when you see, you know, somebody like. Uh, um uh, uh logan who's the guy that plays logan and fucking wolverine um you uh, uh, yeah yeah so hugh jackman when you see him dude it's like lines you could see the fucking lines and the cuts and the thing and it's yeah. like a fucking chiseled and then you see some indian guy and it's like all right this guy looks like a bear he's big and he's burly but it's not like yeah uh, to me it's not uh, you know not that it would be sexy to me anyways but like uh you know i don't see I'm, any sort of i know sex what you're saying people. and I'd like to say that it's because there's a the level of production and discipline, you know, like maybe Bollywood movies are made so quickly, but Hugh Jackman, I mean, I think I've read about his training regimen and it was like insane, like the way this guy trained to be Wolverine. And I don't know, I guess it's, it's, it's wrong me to say that Bollywood movies don't take it seriously, but I don't know if they have, maybe they don't have the same resources. I don't know what it is, but. I mean, they can get jacked. I mean, look, you, Camille, yeah, and Johnny proved it. He got jacked, so why can't they, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, again, yeah, but he did it under the American system, dude. We're just make. I'm making up some some weird ass assumptions. I'm just like, but <laughs> why not? Uh, Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah, many but, assumptions as you want. But for some reason, yeah, like under the American system, like people can get more cut in this. Uh, maybe it's just. Uh, um, also, like uh, I don't know how India. Um, I don't know how Indian women think in India. Maybe they just find uh, some big burly man sexy as opposed to like uh, seeing. Well, the chicks um, are hot though. I mean, you don't have to be. Super, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the great thing about Bollywood. Yeah. The girls are always going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Girls are always better looking. I mean, I don't know, man. Well, luck. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> next week. Next week we'll, we got we to start bringing in other people. Just. Uh, <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe we'll get a, a one of the watchers to, to dial in. <laughs> if, if you think I'll you can join this guy. podcast and you have something interesting, why not? Just message me. I'll, I'll consider it. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, actually, I like that. That's a good idea. Um, all right. Well, thanks for watching. Luck, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, man. Talk soon. Later. Bye.